You are listening to Freedom Church STL. If you would like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit freedomchurchstl.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy this message. All right, well, let's get our Bibles out. I came to encourage you today. No, seriously, I really did. I really did. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to go to Matthew chapter 4, starting in verse 1. We're going to jump around a little bit. But we need to talk about something. And if I was to title this message, which I'm not going to, but if I was going to title this message, the title of this message, it's time to talk back. It is time to talk back. Now, some of you, if you're a child here or if your parents are sitting near you, you I know most of you are looking at them going, I told you, I told you it was biblical that I could do that to you. No, 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 no. Careful now. Careful now. But it is time to talk back. And so let's pray before we jump into this and let's see what the Word of God has to say about this. Father, I thank you so much today. Father, I thank you for a community that is giving their time up, not to check off a moral calendar and show up in a building so they feel better about themselves, but they are actually gathering around, gathering with other believers to worship and be involved in kingdom business. Father, I thank you that today as we gather over your word, Father, we are fully aware that you live and you speak. And if that's the case, you have something to say to us today. And so, Father, I make sure that today my commitment and the commitment of this house is our ears are open, our hearts are receptive. Holy Spirit, we don't invite you into this place. We recognize you in this place. We know that you are here. And if you are here, the the, the one that we follow after said that you would be sent so that that your Holy Spirit would point to us, point us to everything that you taught, teaching us your ways. And so we thank you. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're going to enlighten your word to our hearts and change us forever. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Now, the passages we're going to jump into, it's going to be a little bit different today because I don't want to spend time, and you'll understand this when I say this, I don't want to spend time kind of dissecting the passages that we are going to dig into. I want you to see just the interactions, because there is as much a message in the words as there is in the interaction that we're going to talk about. And there's a pattern here that if we're not careful, we're going to miss, but it's a pattern that is a protection for our lives, okay? So I want you to look at this, Matthew chapter 4, starting in verse 1 through 11. If you know this passage This is a passage where Jesus, this is right after the baptism, right after the Holy Spirit descended like a dove. All that stuff has gone down. It's a good day. This is my son. I'm well pleased and all of that. And boom, we're into ministry. Nope. Right after this, right after this, the Spirit of God leads Jesus where? Into the desert, right? Into the desert. And what's going to happen there? Does anybody know? Come on, this is audience participation time. What happens? He gets tempted, that's right. 
Right? And so the enemy comes to him and begins to have this dialogue with him, begins to have these things. He begins to, to, to test him in these things. And let's just read some of that interaction. It says that Jesus, this is starting in verse 4, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came to him and said, if you're the Son of God, tell those stones to become bread. And then I want you to underline this. If you have a Bible, I want you to underline it. If you don't have a Bible, underline it in somebody sitting next to you. Because they'll need to see this later. Verse 4 says this, or it says this in, in chapter 4, I'm sorry. It says this, Jesus answered. Well, what did he say? I, I, I know what he says, and I'm going to tell you, but, there's a, but there's, a, there's a message here, and there's a, there's a pattern that I need you to see this. The enemy speaks to him, and Jesus does something in return. He answers him. Jesus answered him and he says, It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. And he says, If you're the Son of God, he said, Throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command His angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in the hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And then verse 7, it says this. What? What did Jesus do? What did He do? He answered Him. Underline that. Jesus answered Him. Jesus answered and said, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. And again, the devil took him to the very high mountain and showed him all the kingdom of the world and the splendor. And he says, and all this I will give you. It's pretty bold. And all this I will give you, he said, if you will just bow down and worship me. And Jesus, again, says to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And then the devil did what? Left him. And the angels came and attended to him. I want you to go to Matthew chapter 16, starting in verse 21. Matthew chapter 16, verse 21 through 20, 23. It's this interaction with Peter. Peter believes that he is speaking on behalf uh, and he's saying the right things. But re the reality of it is, is that he's speaking the words, ungodly words, words that are actually trying to define Jesus' path in the wrong way. And this is that interaction, and starting in verse 21. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Jesus is laying out, this is the plan, this is what has to happen, right? He is telling them, listen, I am the Son of God. This is God's plan. I'm going to have to suffer. I'm going to have to die. This has to happen. Peter, thinking that he is saying that which is right, but in all reality, saying words of the enemy, he says this to him. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. That's bold. Began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said. This shall never happen. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine the one who needs it speaking to the one that just said, this is what you need, and him saying, that shall never happen. Those are the words of the enemy. 
trying to get into the way, trying to shape a path that should not be. And then Jesus does something. Jesus turned and did what to Peter? He said to Peter, he spoke to him and he says, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. So again, listen to me. I could go back to these passages and there are steak dinner after steak dinner in these passages. And we could break them down and I could teach on them for days. But the thing that I want to focus on the most is not the words that were spoken, even though they are good. I want to focus on the fact that words were spoken. The focus should not be, listen to me, The problem is this, and this is the problem that I want to address. As believers, and especially at this time, and I'm not going to just say this time, but but when we become tired, and how many of you are getting tired and growing a little weary right now, mentally? Physically, you look fine, whatever, but mentally. I'll just be honest with you. It's ebbs and flows, but right now, I got a sense that we're getting tired. And you know when I know that we're getting tired? When people start getting chippy. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, people are just getting chippy how they respond to others. I mean, it's getting chippy out there, man. Right? People are getting mentally tired. And what the enemy does is that he, he, he especially with those, the children of God, he waits till we have grown tired, and then he comes and speaks that which is not of heaven, that which is not your plan, that which is not God's plan for your life, and he speaks and begins to have those conversations in your head. And the problem is this. We are allowing way too many one-sided conversations. Did you hear what I just said? We are allowing way too many one-sided conversations. And what do I mean by that? I, I mean when the enemy comes to us and begins to speak thoughts of despair, thoughts of anxiety, thoughts of hopelessness, thoughts of what ifs, thoughts of pain, thoughts of it's over, those kind of thoughts. And those kind of thoughts take residence in us. And, and those kind of thoughts begin to permeate in us. And, and they speak to us. And I'll be honest with you. I'm not even just going to blame this on the enemy. Because I'll be honest with you. There are times in my own life that the enemy might come in and plant a seed. And then I'm like, I'll take it from here. And I'll let my own thoughts take over. And I'll let despair and anxiety and hopelessness creep in. And listen, and I know you would say, Pastor Chris, there's no way, there's no way you could ever do that. You're a man of the cloth. I know, bless you in your ministry. I know that. I know you look at me and you're like, that could never happen to somebody like you. I mean, there's no way you could allow that to happen. Do you understand? I'm going to tell you right now, there have been days that I have got up here and preached my guts out and preached faith and life and hope and love and left right out of this building and had nothing but conversations in my own head about hopelessness and despair and anxiety and wanted to go and lay on my bed and just go, it's hopeless and if it's if I'm no different than anybody else then I'm assuming that I'm not alone in this can we can I just ask you to do me and ask you just to walk in a little bit of honesty just for a moment 
How many of you have that's allowed to, you've allowed those kind of things to roll around in your head? Can we just raise our hands? No, 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 raise them up real high. No, no, real high. Real high. I'm going to wait for just a second. Okay, so here's our, no, 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 hold on. Keep them up. Keep them up. Now I want you to do me a favor. I want you to turn around and look at people. Not with a judging face. Stop that. Stop that, you self-righteous. No, 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 come on, come on. Stop looking at me. Look around. The reason I want you to do that, you, can, you know what? Just keep your hands up for the rest of the service. You probably need it anyway. No, you can put them down. Thank you, bud. I appreciate that. The reason I want you to look around is because of what I first thing I want you to do is to realize this. You are not alone. It is amazing to me, and one of the elegant works of the enemy is isolation. And, and I can be full and be in a room full of people and, and have a smile on my face, but the enemy can still isolate to me in my thoughts. The enemy can still make me think that I'm the only one in the room feeling this way. I'm the only one in this room that's still wa and walking in despair and walking in anxiety, walking in depression, and, and it's just me. Those are the only, I'm the only one that's feeling that. Let me just tell you something. You are not alone. And the reason I had you look around is because this, revelation, what happens is when I begin to call out and go, wait a second, that is happening to me. Number one, that's revelation. That means there's something coming against me. There's something that is not of God that is coming. So now I'm calling out, there is a wicked plan against me. Okay, okay, we got that now. I'm not crazy. I'm also not alone. And if he's attacking me, look around. He's attacking everybody. So there must be a plan here. Okay, so now that I know that, now that I know that, now maybe I can do something with that. Maybe now I can actually maybe fight back against that. But how? How do we do that? How do we fight back and, and, and not just have those one-sided conversations? Well, first, let me just say this just real quick before I move into the solution of this. Uh, just to see, I want to just check one more thing. Because if you're sitting here going, you know, I, I'm fine with it. I can, I can kind of process things. Have you ever allowed those conversations to go on in your head without you stopping them, without you responding to them, and you just let it cycle, and then you respond to somebody else? and your response to them comes through that filter? You ever had that happen? Let, let me give you an example. Have you ever had a, have you ever, and I've said, this, this is so funny. We, we joke about this all the time, but not in an argument basis. But my wife is notorious for having conversations in her head with me and then bringing me into them like three paragraphs in, right? And then saying something and I look at her and I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And she's like, that's oh, all right. I, I had like six, there was like six things before that. Well, it's no different when it comes to those things that are negative. When we, have, you, have you ever had a conversation or thought poorly about a situation and you built up the negative and you built up the anxiety towards what's going to happen and it's going to be bad and it's going to fail and then all of a sudden you, you get that person in front of you and you respond to them. They haven't done anything yet. But you respond to them out of that hopelessness, out of that despair, out of that anger, out of that depression, and all of a sudden, and they look at you like, I don't even, I don't, what just happened? Have you ever had that come out of you? It's amazing, isn't it? 
It's amazing how what we allow, those one-sided conversations, what we allow to stay in our minds, that we and then they be, then become the filter that we begin to speak through. It's in fact it's impossible. That which we are allowed to take residence in us, there is no way for it to not be the very thing that we filter our words through. Have you ever been around somebody, and, and, I'll, I'll be, and I'm not a fan of this, but have you ever been around somebody, and it's none of you, none of you, it's everybody else that's not here today. Have you ever been around somebody that every time you get around them, they're just, it just seems like everything they talk about is drama? I mean, like everything. Like everything is drama. Like everything is an 11, right? Every, like it's all, and there's never like a two. Right? Everything that they talk about, it's always the worst thing. And it's, what I'm saying is, is you've had experiences when you've interacted with people that are talking through the filters that are in their own head. But the reality of it is, is if we're not careful, we join in with that and we can allow the enemy to come in in our tiredness. And I love that the enemy does not play fair in this. He waits till Jesus is hungry. He waits till the 40 days are done and then goes, okay, now I'm going to come after you. Now I'm going to come after your mental state and I'm going to challenge you because he knows he does not fight fair. You have to understand that you are not fighting against an enemy that fights fair. You're fighting against an enemy that will take every advantage that he possibly can to steal, kill, and destroy that which God wants to do in your life. Yeah. Do you hear what I just said? Okay, so now what, Pastor Chris? Now that I realize that there are these things, these one-sided conversations, and you understand, too, that you're not crazy. I, I get so tired of, of Bible-believing Christians that don't believe that the enemy speaks to us. I get so tired of people that will that believe that there are angels in heaven and golden streets and mansions, but they but they dismiss the fact that the enemy wants to torment believers. I don't understand that. I don't understand that the enemy is after you. The enemy the enemy can't have you, but if he can steal the plan and destroy the plan for you, that he's going to do. And the place he's going to start is in your mind. So what do we do, Pastor Chris? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. Well, it's time for us to speak up. See, it's not about us quoting the words of Jesus and Matthew when the enemy came to him and us talking about bread and we don't live by bread alone. It's that we, we actually do respond. See, our problem is, the problem is not that we have these conversations or allow these things to come in. That's going to happen. Jesus is the Son of God. And yet the enemy was still allowed to speak to Him. Are you following me on this? He was the creator of the universe. He was the Word that became flesh. And the enemy still had access to tempting Him. So this is not about whether or not, oh, I'm a bad person because those thoughts came in. No, that is just common to your experience. And Jesus proved it. So it's not about that I need to repent that that came in. It's just what do I do once they come in? And what I cannot do is become passive. I cannot be passive. I cannot be somebody that just allows those conversations to roll around. 
I cannot be somebody as a child of God that just allows those thoughts to stay there. It is time for us, like we see Jesus responding to Satan, like we see Jesus responding to Peter, who thought he was saying the right thing, but no, that ain't the plan, so i got to speak against that. There has got to be a response and a rebuke to that which is trying to gain space in your mind. Has to be. Has to be. See, and it's amazing, I'll be honest with you, I'll be honest with you, have you ever tried to do this? Have you ever tried to push back against those thoughts of your mind by doing some kind of work in the flesh that seems godly? If there's that, I just, you know what? All this stuff is going on. I feel desperate. I feel anxious. I, I feel hopeless. You know what? I know what I, I'll go. I'll just go to church. In fact, I'll go to church on, on Sunday. I'll go to church on Wednesday. I'll find a Bible. I'll just go to church as if the action is going to be the very thing that defeats. I'll do something external, what's happening internal. And, we, and then you just sit, I'm just going to work, I'm going to work, and the work. Enemy's like, I'll, I'll just go with you. Like, I'll just go with you to church. I'm fine with that. I'll sit right next to you and speak into your ear. I'll, I'll sit right next to you and use everything that the pastor is saying or the preacher is saying and twist it against you. I'll do that. Man, if you'll let me, I'll go with you wherever you go. So you can work. You can volunteer in the nursery. You can try to run this. You can be a greeter. You can sit in every church service. Fine. I just, at least now I know where you're at and what our schedule's going to be. So we can talk. There is nothing that we are going to be able to do externally in works to battle the very thing that's happening internally. So what has to happen is not some outward work. Pastor Chris, give me a checklist to do. I'll do this. I'll volunteer here. I'll volunteer there. I'll do this. No, no, no. No, no, no. The first thing that we have to do is begin to speak back. Speak back to the things that are not a scene. Speak back to the conversations. You know what? To be honest with you, it's time for believers to start looking crazy. No, no, no. Let me just explain that to you. Have you ever seen that guy that's walking down the side of the street just talking to himself? You know what I'm talking about? And you're just like, oh, he's a crazy dude. That guy might be the most spiritually sound person you've ever met. Because you think they're just talking to somebody. They might be talking back to the very thing that's talking to them. And it's time for believers to look crazy like that. It's time for believers to stop acting like everything is okay on the outside. As if we can build this front. Oh, no, no, it's fine. I've got my 2.5 kids. I've got the little dog. Look at the picture on Instagram. Right? Look at all this stuff. Look at my perfect life as if that's going to be the thing that's going to push back against this. No, it's time for believers to start looking crazy. And what I mean by that is this, not waiting for a still moment to speak back to those things. Because the enemy might speak up to you at Walmart. And you might need to speak back to him at Walmart. Don't worry, everybody's crazy there already. I'm just being, I've been there, man. Kathy, come on. Am I right? You come on now. It's a, it is what it is, man. Right? I always take a, where we're at society-wise, I just walk through Walmart and I'm just like, okay, this is what we're working with. Okay. Okay. God, you're a big God. Okay. Ooh. Ooh, we're in trouble. 
right? Right? But you might be in Walmart, and if some thought comes to you of anxiety or depression, it might be okay for you and time for you to look crazy in that moment and not try to look all put together. I'm fine. Everything's fine. Even though I'm falling apart mentally inside, even though I'm allowing the enemy to take up space in my head and bring more depression, even though I'm allowing the enemy to stoke that, that anxiety even more. Don't worry. I'm fine. Everything's fine. Hello. Hello. Yes, I'd like six of these. And yes, oh, yeah, wheat thins. Mm, okay, we'll get some of those. You might need to stop and just go, I need to talk to you. You think you get the right to talk to me? I'm going to talk back to you. You don't have the right to be here. Right? And the person in the aisle next to you would be like, I, I, I just want the wheat thins, man. No, 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 no. Get the wheat thins. I'm talking to somebody right here. All right, crazy person. Yeah, I might be crazy, but I'm not allowing him to set up space in my head. No, and I mean, you don't get to, no, 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 no. You don't get to have that space. You don't get to speak anxious thoughts in my head. You don't need to plant seeds of depression in me. You don't get to do that. I'm a child of God. I am a child of the creator of the universe. I have been redeemed. God has a plan for me. You don't get to speak these things. I don't live a hopeless life. In fact, and the good news is, is my hope ain't even based on me. So when you try to use those things of my failings, guess what? I already know them. And guess what? So does he. And yet he still has a plan for me. Come on now. Man, I'm going to speak back to those things. I mean, I'll be honest with you. The church has gotten way too quiet. We've tried to act like everything is fine. And we wonder why the enemy is gaining ground. The, we see the creator of the universe forcefully pushing back with words against that which is trying to take ground. And yet somehow the church can just be quiet. Oh, we'll just, we'll just look, we'll look good. And that'll be the answer. No. Let's look what it says in the word and just make sure that you know that this isn't just me saying this. Are you still with me today? Is this helping anybody? I mean, the good news is this. We know this in James chapter 4, starting in verse 7, says this. Submit yourselves then to God and resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Let me read that one more time, because I think you missed it. Submit yourselves then to what? God. Do what? Resist. So that means an active... Have you ever had, have you ever had somebody try to resist you? My boys always try to resist me when I tickle them, Right? My boys love, they just love. You know, everybody's like, I don't want to be tickled. You know what? Nobody ever wants to be tickled, right? But that's fine. It's still going to happen, right? It's going to happen, right? I, like, and I'm going to tickle to the point where you can't breathe. Like, I don't stop tickling until I see, like, a point where you have lost oxygen to your brain, right? That is just the rule of our house. It's gonna, I'm going to keep tickling until, like, there's that look of, like, and then it's like, okay, I'll let you up now, Right? But you know what my boys do every time? They resist. They kick. And, and I've, I've stopped doing this with Crew because now he's got man strength. And now Kai is like six inches taller than me. So I've stopped messing with him. So now I'm working my way down to Elijah, okay? That's kind of my speed, all right? That's my speed, kind of my fighting weight right there, right? And he still can't resist me. So I just tickle him to the point where he just can't handle it anymore. But he still tries to resist. Like he's actively kicking back, actively pushing back. And that's what it says there. There needs to be an action. It's not just, to, it's not just this thing of, oh, this thought comes in. Mm, I'll just pretend it didn't happen. I'll just try to pretend that away or visually look fine. I'm okay. 
no, 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 I'm fine. No, I'm going to resist him. And how I'm going to resist him is I'm going to use my words. And I love this. And I want you to see this in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. It says this, for our struggle is not against what? Flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of the dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. There is a real enemy. There is a real enemy that desires to take space in your mind. And the only reason he can have it is because you allow him to have it. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, starting in verse 4 and 5, it says this, but the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world, meaning I can't do anything in the natural to fight back a spiritual battle. The weapons of this world, on the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretentious that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Take captive. What does that look like? How many of you have ever been arrested? Don't raise your hand. Don't, I mean, we're not a perfect church. We will judge you. I mean, I want to hear about it later, but in this setting, let's just keep that down the down low. But if you've ever seen somebody be arrested, I mean, there's so many videos of interactions with police officers now, and have you ever seen those moments where, where there's like this interaction and there's somebody trying to provoke a police officer and they keep saying things like this. They keep saying, are you going to arrest me? You're going to arrest me? What are you going to do? You're going to arrest me? And, and the police officer just stands there and doesn't say anything. And you're like, why? Why, what is the police? why doesn't he just turn around and just go, yeah, eventually I am. I'm going to arrest you. You know the police officer never says the words, I'm going to arrest you. I'm, go I'm going eventually where we're headed. I'm going to arrest you. You know why he doesn't say that? Because he knows the second I use the words, you are under arrest, a legal thing just took place. There are now actionable things that you are now in my custody. And so the, the person, the perpetrator is sitting there going, what are you going to do, arrest me, trying to provoke, trying to provoke? And we do this all the time. The enemy comes and goes, what are you going to do, arrest me? What are you going to do, stop me? And we, and we just go, you know what? I'm going to. I'm going to arrest you. I'm going to take you captive. I am. When I get to church, I'll take you captive. Well, when I get to that Bible study, I'll take you captive. It is time for us to stop saying, I'm going to, and it's time to start putting into our legal, legal, legal binding document. It's time to take our legal right and say, you thought I'm going to take captive. You thought are under arrest. And now because of that, now because I've put you under arrest, not by my authority, but by his authority, now there is a legal transaction that has to begin. The enemy now has to resist, has to flee from you because you have legally started talking some, some real binding stuff. Are you, are you following me on this? Come on, you guys, I'm trying to, you sit there and say, oh, this just preaches well. No, 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 this is our protection. This is our protection. And our weapons are not, our weapons are not of flesh. They're not. They're the word of God. And you sit there and say, well, I don't know the word of God. Well, child of God, you better start knowing the word of God. You need to get into the word of God. In fact, I want you to do this and I want to finish with this. Are you still with me? 
Let's go to uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4. And I love this passage. I love this passage because we always, we always use this passage as a, as a calling passage, meaning it's like, it, 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 it's Paul speaking to Timothy and going, man, this is what I want you to do. This is, this is your plan forward. Do these things. But I want to take this passage that Paul is going to command to Timothy to go and do these things, and I want to take it and go, let's apply this to ourselves internally. And here's what it says. In the presence of God in Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead in the view of his appearing in his kingdom, I give you this charge, child of God. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. That means when you are tired and when you are at full strength. Be prepared. <laughs> Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside the myths. But you, you keep your head in all situations, endure hardships, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. And you sit there and say, well, Pastor Chris, how does that apply to speaking bad? Well, I am telling you, as Paul is commanding Timothy, this is your calling. I am saying that this is your calling internally. You can sit there and say, I'm going to preach outwardly, but if you have not preached to yourself, the enemy will take ground in your mind and take you out. So I say to you, just like Paul would say to Timothy, preach the gospel. To who? To me. To me first. When the enemy comes in, I'm not going to go and try to preach and find a stage that I can preach to. I'm going to preach to myself first. I'm going to preach to me first. I'm going to preach the Word of God that I know back to that. And I'm going to be ready in season, meaning when I'm at full strength and things are good and I'm mentally strong, I'm going to be ready in that moment, but I'm also going to be ready in the moment when all things have gone wrong, when everything seems to be falling apart. I'm going to be ready in that season too. He's not going to catch me at my highest or my lowest and use either against me. I'll be prepared to speak and preach the gospel of Jesus to who? To me, for my protection and my weapon. The enemy doesn't get space in my, in my head. The enemy doesn't get space in my head. I don't care if I have to look crazy. I don't care if I'm walking down the side of the street and I'm just speaking to myself and people are like, look at that crazy person. Yeah, I might look crazy, but he ain't got room in here. I'm sorry. It's fine. You call me crazy. That, that's fine. Call me crazy. But I'm not living the next 20 years in despair. I'm not living, living the next 20 years in anxiousness. I'm not living the next 20 years in hopelessness. I'm not doing it. And I'm not going to do it all the while sitting in church. Do you know how sad that is? Do you know how sad it is that they were, there are believers, saved, born again believers, sitting in church right now, sitting in a church, in a building, in this space, in other churches, right now, that have been in buildings like this for the last 20 years? And the enemy has them mentally because they won't push back. It's time to speak up. And it's time to talk back. Not just for your sake. Not just for your sake. Remember, you're not the end of this. But for those around you. What good are you to those around you if everything you filter through is through hopelessness, despair, and anxiety? What good are you? You have a job to do. 
You have a calling to do, child of God. You were designed and called to reveal the nature and the beauty of God, the creator of the universe. Yeah, you. And if you can't do that because you're filtering everything through this junk, well, then you've, you've lost your saltiness. Follow me on this? So not just for my sake, not just so that I'm in a good space mentally. I can't stand that. I'm just in a good space mentally. For what reason and for how long? I'm in a good space mentally because I have a job to do. I have a calling to walk out in my life. And I don't want to miss that. I don't want to miss that. Let me pray for us. Let me pray for us. Before I pray, can I'm just going to give you a moment. I'm just going to give you a moment because some of you need it. In fact, I need it. We all need it. We all raised our hands. But some of us need a moment to just repent. Repent. Yeah. Repent. Repent. It's the beautiful gift that God gave us. Repentance. What do I need to repent for? For allowing that stuff to come in. For allowing that stuff to stay longer than it should. For listening to that over the voice of God. To trusting in that anxiety and that depression and that fear more than you trust in the creator of the universe. So repent. Not under condemnation. Not, oh, I'm so terrible. No. Repentance is a pathway to life. So I'm going to repent. God, forgive me. God, forgive me. God, forgive me for allowing those conversations to last too long. Forgive me, Father. Father, I just thank you right now. Father, I thank you that you have given us a weapon today to take into the battle. And it's not if the battle happens, it's just when. And it will be common to all of us. And so, Father, I thank you that we walk out of this place not empty-handed, <laughs> not hopeless, but empowered. Not empowered by who we are, but by who you are. Father, we, we just commit right now as a church for your name's sake that we will speak back against that which is trying to take ground that you already own. Why? So that we can reveal you. I thank you for it. I thank you for it. Keep us, Father. Convict us in Jesus' name. And everybody send. Amen. 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 Well, stand to your feet. Come on, you beautiful people, you. Thanks for joining. If you would like prayer, you can text Freedom Prayer to 94000 and send us your prayer request. And don't forget to find us on social media at Freedom Church STL. You can also find more info on our website at freedomchurchstl.com.